1: which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time.
2: Hello, I'm Scott Sark.
3: I'm Evan Novi williams And
4: I'm Mike Labar, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast where... We, We... with no Ebon again. Oh, man. (laughs) See, he did it when it was just Ebon and I. Well, take that personally. Okay. (laughs) We're going to discuss some of the uh, big topics in sports. Forbes Magazine says now every team is worth at least a billion dollars in three of the four major food groups in the NFL, in the uh, Major League Baseball, and in the NBA. Yes.
2: You're not surprised that hockey might have a few teams that are not worth a billion. Yeah, I,
4: I Simply <laughs> yeah.
2: based on the media deal in the United States, which could change, by the way. The ne- I would predict that the next media deal, they're going to get very close. Every team will be very close to a billion dollars based on the numbers in the new deal. But though I, w- I went right away to Major League Baseball. I went right to the bottom. And there they were, the Miami Marlins. Yeah. Average attendance, seven um <laughs> w- w- worth 1 billion dollars. Derek Gita number 2. Um yeah, I mean once the Marlins hit a billion, it's no surprise that everybody else is there. You you just wonder again what is driving the valuations and of course that's the media deals. And with the scalability of digital, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how high these go and what the the trickle down effect is in terms of How many people can afford to buy them? Does the NFL need to change the rule because there aren't enough billionaires like David Tepper willing to pay for the Panthers? So, uh, ramifications, but, Barb, we're there. Uh, Three of the four majors, every single team. It's two things, right?
3: I mean, certainly the media rights is is one piece, and the scarcity value of them is also a a massive one, right? There's not occasionally these leagues expand, but for the most part, You know, we're stuck at a finite number of these things.
2: Yeah, I still wonder whether we're going to get to a point when when the tire kickers, if something, let's say, what most people would consider a less than ideal franchise comes up for sale. Do we get folks jumping at it at this time now that the valuations are so high or do they say, you know, Maybe I don't need to be in so badly. I'm going to wait for a better situation. And if it doesn't happen for me, it doesn't happen.
3: Well, we recently, I mean, the, the NFL is a behemoth as a league in this world as well. But, you know, the Panthers were up for sale a year and a half ago or so. And, and there were a number of, of multiple different sets of of pretty, you know, deep-pocketed bidders who were interested in that sale. And, and the Panthers are probably a, a middle-to-bottom Ooh. middle franchise in the but NFL. It's the,
2: but it's the NFL.
3: Sure. Yeah. yeah. That that, makes sense, that's the right? big
2: deal. But it's the NFL. And you and I, I think, agree that Roger Goodell's eyeing the $25 billion is not that far-fetched. So sure. valuations will continue to rise.
3: Yeah. Just to make it clear for, for readers, in, in Forbes magazine's 50 most valuable franchises, 26 of them are NFL teams. Uh, seven of them are Major League Baseball teams. Nine of them are NBA teams. And eight of them are soccer teams. Uh, the NBA has made a, an, an amazing—we talk about it a lot on the show—it's made an amazing jump here. In 2012— the most valuable NBA NBA team was 35th on the list internationally. Now it's the Knicks and they're 5th on well, the list. Well, laugh at
2: Jimmy Dolan if you must, but. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, it, but let me take it on a lower level. And just a recent story about Tencent, about how they are getting into with the NBA 2K and they're doing the streaming of the eSports. And more importantly, they also stream some of the live NBA games. When is this going to expand uh, to uh, the NFL or in terms of the esports? And also, you mean like Madden? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, but yeah, no, I get that. But I mean, it, <laughs> are they, you know, are you going to see yes. more like yes. Tencent uh, you, stream live? You remember NFL when games? you
2: saw the NFL skins in Fortnite? Yeah. Yes. And amazingly, that was a case of the NFL needing Fortnite more than Fortnite needing the NFL. So yes, they are looking for opportunities to broaden the fan base to the tikes who hang out on the video game platforms, who are looking at their phones all day, who are looking at the iPads all day, who have never ever ever had cable. Yeah, they're they're, they're looking in that direction. To
3: be clear, I don't think much of any of these NBA teams' value is driven by the fact that they have esports no. franchises, no. but I it, it I do also think that, you know, at some point in the near future, we may see an esports team, maybe not on the top fifty list, but you know there are esports teams out there that are that are trying to raise money at valuations higher than some NHL teams, right? So, so we are already at the point where esports, the the big franchises, are are in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see them start to creep up. Are, a, are we excited for well. the Fortnite
2: World Cup?
4: Yes, I was. And, and my son was excited for it, believe it or not. Was or is. It it's it's, hasn't happened. It, well, no, he's excited for it because he's been practicing. You're taking him? No, I'm not going to take him. Why not? No, because that you're requires cheap. me getting. Yeah, cheap. Yeah, yeah exactly. Lazy and cheap. And it requires me getting off the couch. Oh, so well, there like, you go. he's excited about it. Okay. You know, it, it's something. But I will say this about Fortnite, and he said this too. And now, keep in mind, my son is 14 years old. He's saying that uh, some of the uh, luster. A Fortnite is starting to. Yeah, my
2: rain. son said yesterday. He said, "I'm not playing so much Fortnite anymore. I'm playing Roblox and some other stuff."
4: Yeah, that's what my son played. Okay, Roblox. My goodness, anyway. it's
3: always the uh, always the concern for for people who are investing within games in esports is that you know you can hit a, a stretch where a game is super popular and then you know flash forward three months and no one's playing it again and and, and a lot of your investment has been for naught. W- one other quick question, actually, on the on the valuations, the the, the, the most valuable team in the world. The Dallas Cowboys, five billion dollars. They have the third largest NFC title drought in in football. the The Knicks are the most valuable NBA team, four billion dollars. They've yeah, been we know one winning, of the winning worst. doesn't matter.
2: We know that <laughs> winning doesn't. matter. Not only does
3: winning not matter, I'm wondering if for a lot of these teams, if franchise valuation was essentially baked into the cake two decades ago, right? Like these were teams that were successful at one point in in the '90s and grew exponentially at that time. Yeah, but you you also have to give some credit, though. And now it's impossible for for them to not stay up
2: here. Yeah, but you got to give credit to folks like Jerry Jones. You can't just say, well, it's a byproduct of him being in Texas and he owns an NFL team and he gets all that shared money. Because the difference maker for the Dallas Cowboys is actually the local revenue. Sure. And Jerry almost went bankrupt buying that team. And he fought the NFL. He sued the NFL. And Jerry, more than anybody else, keeps a bucket of the sweets and the local revenue. He doesn't have to share that with the others. So kudos to Jerry for actually building the better mousetrap and being able to capitalize on what he saw was sort of this this feverish passion for football in his area.
3: Would you say the same of Jim Dolan?
2: I would say Jim is lucky in a sense that he's in a market where there's so much wealthy corporate support that... I, I don't believe his, his sales team has to work all that hard to renew the suites mm-hmm. and the front row seats. And Madison, Madison Square Garden, for better or worse in terms of Nick performance, is still a place to be seen on even a Tuesday night against pick a team because the NBA being that star-driven league, you always want to be there when Kobe came to town. You want to be there when Durant, Westbrook, Harden, on and on and on. You want to see them. The New Jersey Nets, and I'm saying New Jersey because I'm not, I am not—I don't mean <laughs> the Brooklyn Nets. When they were in New Jersey, the billboards along the turnpike used to market the visiting teams. They used to give away jerseys to the visiting team. It was like, come see Shaq in the Orlando Magic because they knew yeah. they were so bad. At Madison Square Garden, that's still the only opportunity. But now, I mean, now I know Brooklyn is a possibility as well, but there is such big corporate support for that arena that is still the place to be seen when James Harden comes in and maybe drops 50
3: and I, I assume you'd say the same thing about the Lakers An- another team that is tremendously valuable and has been bad competitively yeah, at least recently this season coming up man. yeah well
2: this is the thing again and I, I don't mind talking about this even longer than we intended it's Pat it's not a, it's not a surprise that Pat Riley of course came up with the Lakers and then went to the Miami Heat. It's it's similar in that to draw in those two locales, you have got to be an attraction. There's so much to do in South Beach and in Miami that you are competing against so many things. Why do you think it wasn't just to win? It wasn't enough for the Miami Heat to win. He had to go get Shaquille O'Neal. He had to go get LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Because it needs to be the sizzle. That's what people want. It's the event to go be there. They figure like you're missing out if you're not there. It's the place to be. It's the same in LA. There was Showtime, and I say it all the time. There's Showtime, and then they went through slow time. And that place was not full. And it is not immune to a downturn simply because it's the LA Lakers. They better put a product on the floor. Not only that, but they better put some star power in it. And what do you got now? Slow time was a little ephemeral thing there. Now you've got LeBron and AD. Yeah, darn right. People want to go and be seen there. So it's not just a matter of rolling the ball out in some of these places. You've
0: got to give people a reason to come. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express.
5: Dot com. Stiefel
4: Nicholas and Company Incorporated,
5: member SIPC and NYSE.
4: Let's talk about uh, shifting gears. Uh, Zion Williamson and probably one of the best things that ever happened to this young man was when he blew out a sneaker during the Duke game and uh, University of North Carolina, I believe. And uh, <laughs> now he has signed a deal with Nike because he had a lot of leverage involved. Seventy five million dollars in a sneaker
2: deal. Now, Eben, this is your, your thing, but let me jump in here. That's the popular narrative. But if it's true that the Chinese sneaker makers were offering more money, then did it matter that he stepped out of his shoe in a nationally televised game against North Carolina? They need. They wanted him. They needed him. The money was going to be there. And clearly Nike didn't blow him out of the water, didn't say we, we have to top all offers to get him. So is the popular narrative accurate?
3: Well, those both can be accurate. I mean, Nike could have increased what it was willing to offer him and still not have been this seems the,
2: like the biggest bidder. It seems like if you look at their lineage of deals, this is sub-Lebron. I mean, if you're looking at their lineage of deals, this seems to fall within the range you would have expected.
3: Yeah, yeah I think roughly $10 million a year was, yeah. was kind of what people were expecting. I mean, I, I think it is clear that Nike bent over backwards for him, after his shoe exploded, right? They sent a team to Durham. They sent that same team to China. Mm-hmm. You know, they built a shoe that they thought was, you know, bulletproof and could not explode, no matter who was wearing but it. But am I to believe the He's narrative that he just them. wanted
2: to? He loved Michael Jordan so much that he wanted to wear the Jumpman.
3: Nike has that power over over some right. players, right? Like they they are still the dominant brand in this world. I mean, he grew up loving Michael Jordan. I'm sure he grew up wearing the Jordan next, brand. The next
2: Zion, I don't think, is going to care about Michael Jordan.
3: It's true, and that's why LeBron James is you so better valuable. Have LeBron and why Zion is potentially right. so lineage. valuable, right? Yeah. And, and Nike has a lot more competition in basketball than they had probably four five years ago or even back in 2003 when they were trying to sign LeBron, right? It's not just Under Armour with Steph Curry. It's not just Adidas and James Harden. It's New Balance now, right, which which signed Darius Baisley and Kawhi Leonard right, last year, and New Balance has had a very good basketball year. Fila is back with, with Grant Hill, believe it or not, Puma signed a number of, of, of brands, and they just launched their new basketball shoe last year and won the, the 90s street brand is is back in, in the basketball game. There's a lot of companies, and, and, and it's because over the past decade, and maybe less so right now, but over the past decade, basketball shoes have been such a big business that a lot of brands have thought, you know what, we need to get back into this. Uh, so there's more competition for Nike, and if Zion ends up being the next LeBron James... I mean, this is a this is a massive give me them. give me
2: your retail knowledge. How are basketball shoes selling?
3: Yeah, it's been a bad it's been a bad 18 months right now for basketball shoes. Right. So so you can argue that, you know, Puma, New Balance and n one kind of came back in maybe at the at the wrong time. Um, Kind of this this push into, you know, the casual sneaker. The popularity of that has pushed basketball shoes, which used to be the casual sneaker kind of a, a, out of the way a little bit. I
2: see bar
4: hanging in Puma Clyde's.
2: There you go. I, I love see that. that. I, I see, see that. you I see that. That, yeah. You
4: know, cool, like the man. off red yeah. puma cloud. I see I see you rocking that. Now see, now I gotta go back to something that you were saying. I mean, granted, when when we started it earlier, yes, when he blew the shoe out, that's the popular narrative. And I believe it's popular because simply the last thing you want when you're trying to sell a product is for the thing to go haywire, which is what it did. You don't want to be here. I go, I'm gonna bring in racing. You don't want to be on a racetrack. And you're you're promoting, uh, let's say Ford, and all of a sudden your engine blows apart, and you're trying to sell well, the of Ford course, engine. But, but
2: the narrative at that back then was now Nike is going to have to overpay; they have to have them; they're going to have to pay more than they would have to get Zion, and it doesn't seem like it played out that way.
3: I mean, but they, again, they could have. Maybe Nike, with with no shoe exploding, was only going to offer him seven years, sure, or Sure, we won't million, know. Right? Perhaps
2: yeah. the number is inflated because of yeah. perhaps. It just seems that it fell in a range to be expected. It, it there's no outlier here with the number.
3: Totally. No, I think that's fair. No, yeah, it's and a fair and, thing. It, and if if this again Nike was always the favorite to sign him. If if this had been a deal with Puma or with New Balance, I think a lot of the conversation would have been, "Wow, I wonder if Nike screwed themselves out of this deal." because they had a shoe explode yeah. on national television.
2: And we noticed, remember, in the digital billboards they used around the country to announce this, including one at Madison Square Garden, it has the Jumpman logo, yes, but nowhere do you see pelicans. Exactly. It, yeah, it's, it's Zion. Zion. On Zion. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. if, you ever, if you ever wondered what the brand was that yeah. mattered here, it ain't
4: pelicans.
3: Yeah, imagine, what, the, what do you think the New Orleans front office felt when they saw when they saw all those billboards?
4: Uh, let's move on. I still on. think they're happy. They're, happy. they're, they're, all there. They they're good with it. Yeah. You know. Let's move on to volleyball. Uh, volleyball media venture and Scott this is your story the richest female venture capitalist is backing the uh, volleyball media venture
2: yeah I mean I think in the world of volleyball most people would know the name Carrie Walsh Jennings uh, a five-time Olympian three-time gold medalist uh, I covered her in Beijing and have done some other things around volleyball she has a media platform like many you seemingly athletes do these days I had not known about P 1440 And by the way, Bar, if interested in this, the P fourteen forty, what it stands for? What is it? The fourteen forty stands for the number of minutes in a day, and how she wants you to live those minutes. So really, yeah, Carrie's all about live it to the fullest. That's a great trivia question.
4: Okay, well uh, well, there you go. Yeah, yeah, but
2: Teresa Gao, she's co-founder at Aspect Ventures. Uh, She is the first outside investor in P fourteen forty. So. If she is to be believed, and if Carrie Walsh Jennings' vision uh, comes to fruition, this will be the global go-to spot. And it's an app, and it's and it's a website, of course. An app will be most important. This will be the go-to spot for what Teresa said with 900 million volleyball fans around the world. So you know, I always talk about scale. Here, this is what the app is going to allow Carrie to do. Get that message. It's not just about, by the way, volleyball playing. And it is a, it's about beach volleyball. It's about culture. It's about health and wellness. It's about, they will have live rights. They will be paying for live rights to events. They already do. It's about coaching. So it sort of embodies everything in the lifestyle. Of beach volleyball.
3: So is this like an Ironman for 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 volleyball, and that sure. it's a lifestyle brand? It's a lifestyle brand. Televised yes. that events. is what they're Are hoping to they put on events. Yes, uh, yes. That, part of
2: the money being used here, and we don't know how much Teresa put in, but she has a net worth of five six hundred million dollars, so can rub a few nickels together. <laughs> uh, but let's not oh discount also one of the things that attracted Teresa to this. Yes, it was Carrie, and that she's a powerhouse, the face of volleyball. thinks she really has the right idea here and the passion for it but it was the fact that the company was founded by a woman. Aspect, and I didn't know this, 40% of the companies in the Aspect Ventures portfolio, 40% founded by women. Hmm. Teresa is pushing this. She And one of her investors, by the way, one of the people who put some money in one of Aspect's funds, can, can we guess who, uh, who who might be? Melinda mm. Gates.
4: Melinda Gates. Wow. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. So and, yeah. but
2: she has been very vocal in in, in sort of the the gap. In venture capital, the gender gap in venture capital. So this is a recurring narrative. And uh, Carrie told me that she also wants to invite other athletes. So let's get, um, let's say Alex Morgan, who, by the way, told Eben last week that she is starting a Mm female-focused media platform. Also wants to rope in Paul Rabel, who she has met a number of times, who has clearly shown a proficiency for developing a brand and using digital and social to promote that brand of the premier lacrosse.
4: I would like to see that. And and, and, because I'm a Johnny come lately as usual that, you know, volleyball to me didn't come on my radar until I saw Carrie and uh, Misty may trainer, her her teammate when they were playing in the Olympics. And I'm like, Oh wow, this is exciting. You know
2: what column I wrote? I wrote, and, I mean, God, we're going back to the Beijing Olympics, but one of the columns I wrote, I think I was writing two a day, so on you know, lack of sleep too, was something about how they were almost like a marriage. Yeah. That the partners yeah. were like a marriage. And yeah, th- that was some team. But my first volleyball name that sticks in my head is Karch Kurai. thats uh, I, I mean, that's, that's the one that sticks in my head. That's and, an Olympian as well? Yeah, he was an Olympian as well, beach volleyball player, yeah.
3: So this is the problem that, this is the issue that she's gonna to have to overcome, right? It is the fact that volleyball captures the attention for, for two weeks every, every something four she, years? Something you yeah. boom,
2: you hit it right on the head and something she addressed. She said, What we need to do is be top of mind and in the consciousness for more than just the quadrennial Olympic cycle. She's mm-hmm. like, We go dark every three point eight years. Yeah. Which yep. is
3: true of ninety percent of the A lot of Olympic, Olympic sports, sports yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. You're right. And, and is she do you, do you get the sense that this is a I mean this is a competitor essentially to flow sports right which is yep. kind of the dominant field. yeah streamer in a lot of the different olympic sports. Yep. Um, is there
2: an exit strategy here or is she does she want to sell this thing at some point? Didn't say but just the tone of the conversation that I got from Carrie and her passion play is that this strikes me as a build. Hmm. What happens at some point I mean if it is successful the money will be there as investment whether she sells who knows but it strikes me as she has a builder's mentality.
4: You have been listening to the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. We're here for you every Monday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, bringing you some of the biggest news stories in sports. Guess what? You can catch me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports.
3: You can
2: follow me at Novi underscore Williams.
4: And you can follow me at Soshnik. You know what? I I know we got to wrap this up. I didn't realize this. Carrie Walsh Jennings is six feet three inches tall.
2: Yeah, I've I've been around her in different events. Yeah, I did. I did not know that.
4: I mean, because I've never seen her in person, so I would see her on TV. But I didn't know that uh, she was six three. Okay, yeah, this just,
2: just bring it. And out. you are
4: not. I'm only six one.
2: That's it. I, I think that's an I think that's an NBA exaggeration right
4: Oh here. man, here we go. Evan anyway. went, oh,
2: we got to go down. Six. Evan once fed me how much he weighed, and he was so far off. Yeah, I won that one. You're on telling one. me you're six foot one? I'm six one. We're going down to the office, the nurse's office downstairs, and put you on that machine. You are not six one.
4: Uh, what do you think I am?
2: Maybe six feet. Can we get Maybe. a wager? Can we get a wager here? Can we get Maybe a wager here? Six you, you feet.
4: want you want to put some
2: coin on this? Let's put some coin on it. What what we putting on it? Lunch. Lunch? All yeah. right, you got it. Okay. And uh, we don't want the Seinfeld problem. Soup and a sandwich is lunch. <laughs> lunch at
3: Philippe.
4: Uh, <laughs> noodles. This <laughs> is the Bloomberg business of sports, and we're here for you. Uh, we did this already. Yeah, we – no, no, no. I was Why don't you do tell anybody podcast? who's
2: coming up later in
4: the week? Oh, well, then – well, you
2: tell me who's coming up We have the CEO of Liverpool. Yeah.
3: Peter Moore, uh, former high-ranking executive at EA Sports as well. Going to talk some soccer, going to talk some FIFA. It'll be a good conversation.
4: Catch
0: our podcast where available.